This is HPR episode 2132 entitled Bloom Tabletop Game. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 23 minutes long. The summary is Klaatu reviews the card game Bloom. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Howdy folks, this is 5150. If you're going to attend the Ohio Lynx Fest this weekend, October 7th through 8th, be sure to seek out the Lynx Podcasters booth. It is a collaboration between Hacker Public Radio, the Podnuts Network, Colonel Panic Oddcast, Linux Lugcast, and your other favorite shows. Joe Hecht of the new Single Board Computer and Virtual Private Server Show is graciously providing swag in the form of mugs, stickers, and t-shirts. And I am bringing an unworn t-shirt from Kansas Linux Fest 2015, inaugural year. It's going to be first come, first serve, under the desk, so you're going to have to ask for it, and some stickers. And we'd love to meet all our fans in Columbus. See you there. Public Radio, my name is Clat2. This is a continuation of my tabletop gaming series. Um, in this episode, I want to talk about Gloom. G-L-O-O-M. Gloom is a card game. Uh, it's about family. It's about miserable, miserable families. This is the game that um, first got me introduced to one of my favorite games, Dark Cults. Because everyone was talking about gloom, when everyone talked about gloom, they would they would tend to refer to dark cults. They'd be like, and it has elements of dark cults. No idea what that meant at the time, but that's kind of what introduced me to this this older game. So I figured I'd, I'd talk a little bit about gloom. Um, in the game, the the gameplay is each player has a, a fictional family which I think is about five cards, four or five cards, five cards. Um, and you lay your family out uh, face up in front of you. So everyone sees your family. And the goal of the game is that each player tries to heap tragedy, like tragedy cards, onto the other, you know, onto their opponent's family members, making them, no, I'm sorry, I, I got that reversed. It's, you're trying to heap tragedy upon your own family. So you're trying to make your own family as miserable as possible. And then you, you, you give blessings, you, you give good fortune to the families of your opponents. And the player with the gloomiest family wins. And, and in fact, it's not just the gloomiest family. It's, it's, it's the, it's the player with the, the gloomiest family, you know, the, with the family who dies at their gloomiest. So you want each of your family members to be just about as worse off as they could possibly be, like well into the negative scoring, and then you want them to die. And then at the end of the game, you, you tally up all of your dead family members, and you see how miserable they were when they died, 
and who is whose ever family is was collectively the gloomiest uh wins it's a really fun obviously dark humor kind of irreverent kind of game um but it's it's actually totally family friendly it's it's not it's not a it's not a bad thing it's it's funny it's funny you just have to have a slightly twisted sense of humor but not super twisted it's kids can play this is what i'm trying to say um and and it's also good for like two two players uh, it, it technically is from two to four players is what it's designed for um but uh that's that's if you play with a full family in front of you so if you if you were in a pinch and you had like five or six players you could just each have smaller family sets and and that would be fine so um dark sense of humor the card design is is relatively dark the artwork is done in a very sort of edward gory style you know it's like very much like the that that classic kind of victorian sort of dark illustration style um all the misfortunes are again just kind of very macabre and victorian um i can't think of any off the top of my head but you know like uh consumption and and driven to drink you know things like that like it's always it's always sort of very proper and victorian tragedy uh the cards themselves interestingly are printed on transparent plastic which is one of the things that i don't love about the game um i mean it's an interesting design choice but it does make it a little bit more high tech you know you can't really it would be less easy to design your own cards for instance because whatever you design would have to be printed on cellophane uh, or or whatever this stuff is um the transparent you know paper uh because it actually matters because you can if if you if you put a a, a good fortune card on someone's family member then that might occupy one slot of their you know fortune ra- ranking and the thing under that card which you can see because the card is transparent either you know adds to that misfortune or buffers against that misfortune so it does matter that the cards are transparent um and i guess you could probably hack around that but but yeah it, it kind of it's designed to be to to be layered on top of each other so it is it's i mean it's a very creative game design that is very very cool um and, and the game mechanic is as everyone said in in all the reviews that i'd read uh before playing it 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 does it is reminiscent of dark cults because the two players involved at least you know or the players involved are essentially playing the roles of life and death you you play uh death and misfortune for your own family and life and good fortune uh, for your opponents so um i've played the game as both a two and a four player and i think a three player so i've played in in practically every every variety and um i will say that it is a stronger game with more than two players because with two players the plot of the game does get pretty repetitive um it's kind of like i mean it's very predictable you know if if your opponent has a a card that is going to do bad things then it's obviously going to go on their family if they have a card that does good things it's obviously going on your family because you're the only other game in town so um i've not tried it with a fake third player i guess i could try that at some point like a a ghost player where you just give this player a hand and then draw randomly from their deck and then 
but I, I don't know how you would how would you then decide whose family gets gets the the result of that random player. I guess you could incorporate a die roll or something and, and you know compete for for who's going to get the the bad or the the good card from your random player. So it it is stronger anyway. Two player is permitted. It is kind of like it, it comes up when you ask a forum or a group of people, hey, what's a good two-player card game? Gloom does come up, um, but I'm 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 saying that it's it's not necessarily the the strongest two two-player game that I've ever ever played. Um, but the gameplay itself, I mean, it is it is a pretty simple game. The 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 process of understanding how the game is played is is really really simple like it's you pick it up really really fast and you so you've got your negative self-worth is whatever happens when you place negative cards onto a family member um and then there's positive self-worth which is what you do when you you know, you give something good to an uh, to an opposing family. That's the basics. But in addition to that, you've got event cards, and these these are sort of spanners that get thrown into the works to kind of shake things up. And there are some really good ones in there. Like some event cards will let you swap out, you know, a modifier card, like a positive self worth card or a negative self worth card. You can you can remove it from a family member and Put it on some other family member, or, or you can just discard them entirely, or, or maybe you get to draw extra cards, or swap out your hand, or steal a card from your opponent's hand, um, things like that. I mean, there are some really nasty ones in there as well. Like, um, I've there's one card I think where you you make one of the your opponent's family members an imaginary friend by negating. Like, but basically, you zero them out, so you make them totally zero sum. Like, they're neither positive or negative; they're just they completely, essentially, didn't exist. And so your your opponent now is playing with four family members to your five. So your your chance for for success goes up quite a bit. And I guess in a way, that's that's another thing about the two player game. It's just kind of like you get one of those types of cards, and your opponent is just nearly obliterated because i mean unless they unless they're playing with a really really miserable family um there's just no way they're gonna equal you know like your your cards um but that's that's the 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 strategy to the game i guess uh, in a two or a four player game is the the death card so the death card in in gloom is if your opponent has a family member that's particularly particularly miserable at any given point, then if your opponent draws a death card, they can play that death card on on that family member, and that kind of locks that family member in. You know, like if they're at a negative 30 or negative 40, whatever, uh, a death card preserves that negative score pretty much completely. I think there may be an event card that could that could reverse that or something, but it's pretty rare. Um, but that's kind of the goal as you progress through the game 
is to get a death card, but not a death card too soon. You don't want to play the death card if your if your family member is just like negative ten. You know that's nothing. You want that family member to be super negative, super miserable. So you you want to keep compiling, you know, piling negative things onto that player. But of course, your opponent is working against you and trying to make that family member happier, so that at some point someone's going to kill that family member off, whether it's you or that opponent, your opponent. They're going to play a death card. And that family member's score and that self-worth is going to get locked in. And that might be good for you and it might be bad for you. So that's that's the strategy of of the game is when when exactly are you going to play a death card? Are you going to surprise your opponent and make their their um their family member die happy? Or are you gonna preserve one of your own family members as a totally miserable person? It just all depends. The game also attempts, at least, um, to sort of harken back to its Dark Cult's heritage by encouraging its players to spin a yarn as they play. So um, the rules specifically say, like, it's more fun if you, if, you give, if you give a backstory about what happened to the family member. And that is a great idea... But I, in in practice, I've I have found it very difficult to actually uh, to put into into play, because like each card, each each card that you are playing um, generally has like a little bit of a you know flavor text, as they say. So it it sort of says like you know ravaged by a pack of rabid rats. So that's that's the thing that you're playing on this card. That's that 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 reduces their self worth. It makes them more miserable, right? And it's just kind of hard, I think, to come up with a backstory for that because there's no context. You know, it's like you've got these sort of generic generic family members without a built in backstory, um, and you've got this event that happens to them, and so it's kind of like, well, what do you do with that? Um, I don't know. Bernard was down in the basement looking for mothballs, and then he was ravaged by a pack of rabbit rats. Or Bernard was walking to church on Christmas and was ravaged by a pack of rabbit rats. You know, it's just that there's no, there's no padding there. Like, who is Bernard? Where does he live? Does he go to church on Christmas? Does he go to the basement for mothballs? What? Who is? You know, like, where is? What? What's there to build off of? So I don't think that the storytelling element of the game really works very well. Um, maybe if they had some story starter cards, it would help, you know, kind of like, here's the setup. This is this is what your family is up to. And now every misfortune can kind of be given in that context, maybe. Or, or something like that. I don't know. Like, they, they would definitely have to have more to the game in order to encourage, I think, effective storytelling. Or maybe you could come up with a rule, like a, a modded rule, where you say, like, you know, before we start the actual gameplay, we have to introduce our families and, and give each one a backstory. And then as we play the game, we have to, you know, every every everything that happens has to have a story attached to it. Um, but I don't feel like the game builds that into the gameplay you know it's it, it I, I feel like that would make the game 
more awkward to play because it's it's very much a straight game. You know, you draw cards, you put down cards, and it's it's very sort of like you're playing the numbers. Um, the fact that they're family members and that they have self worth and like names and things like that, it doesn't really matter. Like you're playing the numbers. You're you're just trying to to make your opponent have more numbers than you, and they're trying to make sure that you have more numbers than them and and that's that's the game ultimately so I, I don't feel like the game really is a storytelling game in the way that it um that it really that it that it kind of claims in its own rule book that it that it can be and that's okay i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying when you're reading the rules and it tells you remember try to tell a story it's just kind of like yeah nice idea but you didn't really remember to incorporate that into the actual game, so it doesn't really work. Um, if you try to um, do a sort of character-driven game, I think that um, it's difficult when those characters have no impact on the game. Like, what I'm trying to say is that the the, the game itself gives you like, gives you f these family members and they each have you know their characters and they have names and and they have little clever little backstories that are given in like a sentence um but none of that actually matters you know like the 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 family doesn't really like one family isn't any better or different than another really like it could be any any set of cards could have been your family members it, it doesn't actually matter and that's that's a difficult thing i think for the game as well like when i've been playing it it's it's not like my like one of my family members is not more more um more affected by uh drinking problems uh and another one might be more affected by physical ailments and another one is more or less affected by animal attacks. You know, it's like there's no kind of variation there. Every single card in the deck is going to affect every single player, every single family member the same way. So there's no variation there either. And I think that might be an interesting thing for for Gloom to have explored and maybe, maybe a potential for a user-modified uh, version there is like for the the actual family members to kind of have maybe powers um, or 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 propensities towards something you know or resistance towards something that might be an interesting mechanic but it doesn't exist that's not it's not something that the game incorporates at all so um, yeah skill levels could be interesting for for family members. Um, playing with fewer death cards can sometimes be interesting. So death cards, as I say, they lock in the current state of your family member. So if you're playing and you've 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 gotten a family member down to like negative fifty or something, immediately you're going to try to play a death card. That's that's well within your interest is to kill that family member off so that they go to the grave with negative score and by contrast, your opponent is going to uh, try to boost your family member to something positive, you know, positive 35, positive whatever, um, so that that's affecting, you know, that's that's going against what you're trying to do. 
Um, and then they'll want to kill that family member off with a death card because that's within their interest. So death cards are, are very powerful things, and by default the game comes with some number of death cards. I don't really remember how many. I want to say 20, but that's an arbitrary number since we don't know how many cards are in the deck. Um, but it comes with some number of death cards. So removing some death cards from play uh, may or may not make the game a little bit more interesting. I mean, it might just make it longer, um, but it, it may make it a little bit more competitive because now you don't have as many opportunities to lock in characters at certain certain places. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I think another interesting um, mechanic would to explore, I haven't tried it, is to make possibly more, like, like again, with the family members, like, maybe make some family member more valuable than another. Although I don't know, I mean, if that would really work either. But, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what if the, the, the mother, the matron of the family was more important than the others? And, and if she dies, then, then they become, I don't know, immune to positive modifiers for one round or, you know, something like that. Or if a, if a pet dies, then, then their owner, um, I don't know, goes down, you know, gets a gets an automatic negative uh, applied to them or, or something like that. Something to kind of make certain consequences different depending on, you know, what happens. And that would make the opponent, for instance, kind of have to figure, well, do I want to, for instance, uh, do I really want to kill that the matron right now? Because if I do, then the rest of the family is not going to be able to be affected for a little while. Or, you know, do I really want to kill that pet right now because if I do then that's going to give a boost to their to their owner and so on um, and again I haven't tried that and that's it would be something that would be interesting to kind of maybe think about or maybe it wouldn't fit into gloom at all so maybe there's like some potential for a spin-off there I'm not sure but either way um, the overall thing I'm trying to get to here is that gloom is a fun fun game it's got the dark sense of humor uh, it's it's a solid game for two players. It's a better game for more. Um, it's good sort of backstabbing fun. You know, it, it pits you against your, your opponent, um, but in a funny and kind of a funny way because technically they're not playing against you. They're giving you nice things, you know? So it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. It's a fun game. Um, I wouldn't say it was a perfect game, but it is a fun game, and uh, it's very simple. Like, in terms of what you have to carry around with you, it comes in a very small box. It's maybe 100 cards or so. It's, um, it's, it's not a whole lot. You know, it's not a big um, uh, investment, let's say. It's, you know, you can just kind of you can grab it, throw it in your backpack, and go, and now you've got a game on you to play. Uh, with a group of friends or whatever, so it's a it's a simple little investment. There's probably expansion packs and stuff like that. I don't really know, but um, it's it's a fun game. You should check it out if you have a chance to. If you if you see it anywhere uh, for cheap or whatever, pick it up and and try it out. It's a lot of fun. It could be funner. You might come up with some interesting mods for it. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Just as a two-player game, I think it could be it could be tweaked for two players. Um, but yeah, give it a go. It's it's 
It's a fun game. It's fun. Really. Uh, and that's Gloom. G-L-O-O-M. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.